fire up. A proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the gladiators, Hoppawani with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the burst. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Steps. Steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they... Uh, Chris, I confess, I'm one of those idiots that follow Australian sport, but unfortunately I won't be making my way across the Pacific uh, for former allies to merge whole hands together in this uh, combination with Rugby League leading the way uh, because I've got another another greater God that I reveal. I'm travelling with Taylor Swift to every town that she's visiting Singapore onwards from here. And so I'll ask you, if you could, to represent Fire Up to go to Vegas this week. It'll be my pleasure, Stephen. I'm absolutely stunned that you weren't there at the behest of the NRL to provide some of the game day entertainment. That's another story. But in that spirit, can I please offer you this friendship bracelet that one of the police gave me last night out at Taylor Swift. Is it edible? Outside Acor Stadium. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It, do you remember enjoy those, the tour. Do you remember those at school? We had those women made a little, you know, little pink beads on elastic bands we used to eat. <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, the like Pez type yeah, situations. Like Pez, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, um, Las Vegas, connections are being made left, right and centre. I mean, it really it really is G'day USA style, isn't it, where Australia and America are coming together in a big way. Uh, but no Kylie. No. No Zoo. No, no Costa Zoo. No Volkanovski. No Tim Zoo. <laughs> no no, no Volk- Nikita Zoo. <laughs> no Volkanovski. Wow, what's going on there? Well, it's a little bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, we had huge visions of... Russell Crowe descending from the ceiling at Allegiant Stadium to reunite... Had they De- got a rig big enough? Yeah, at halftime, Deborah Lee for Ness and Hugh Jackman during the Manly South game. Yes. Uh, where uh, Russell was reprising his role from the Pope's Exorcist. Yes. What a, what a, that, I, I've been, look, I've seen the Screen Actor Guilds, the, the Independent Producers Awards, the, the Golden Globes, and yeah. Pope's Exorcist hasn't got a run. I don't understand. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, he might be getting a run up at Cur- uh, Currumbin Beach pretty soon. We'll talk about that later, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but uh, it could be worse, though. Um, we've got the Stafford brothers. Yes, well, that <laughs> I heard they wanted Timmy Trumpet, but he was too expensive. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Gee willikers. <laughs> I mean, do you remember the two-season Stafford brothers documentary on Fox 8? I did not. I'll get you a box set. Thank and, you very much. <laughs> and the complimentary CD mixes. It, it makes sense, though. Gold Coast, Las Vegas, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, you, it, I always ask the question when he's going to because he's played baseball stadiums and they're like, "What is on Timmy Trumpet's passport?" I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've never ever ever heard anyone refer to him as just 
Timmy. No, no. It's always Timmy Trumpet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did it, uh, what, name me a song of Timmy Trumpet. I can't. I can't. I have no. so, and in fact, I refuse. Yeah, yeah. Is there not a song like a wacky, a wacky sound, like a duck sound or something? No. The only personal thing I can say, I once played Northern Suburbs Rugby Union Club. It's a, quite a story. Yes. And Timmy Trumpet was upstairs, and we were downstairs with an emerging group called the Potbellies, who did have a song called Don't Hold Now, which became a big ad for Jeep. Absolutely. And the lead singer was going, anyway, you've been fantastic audience. Oh, please uh, welcome to the stage to DJ for your entertainment. And he leans over and goes, what's your name again? And we go, hey now. And he goes, hey now. <laughs> Alana wouldn't be so ghost and so inept, surely. Uh, but that's not where it ends, is it, Chris? Because we, we realise that. And why was not Kid Leroy asked to do the entertainment? Is it because, number one, he said, I'm going touring, and therefore he wanted to have the his team, the Bunnies, or the Rabbitohs, as they've now learned over in America. We'll talk about that soon too. That's the official reason was that the Kid Leroy is on tour, though I hasten to add, not on Stadium Tour later this year with 1-4. That's been next. I'm just wondering if, if they may not have been able to fill out Acor Stadium well, with that because of the fear of assassination? <laughs> well, for a fear of hearing his music, I think. Oh, but, but what I can say yeah. is that um, that was the official reason that the, it didn't line up with the kid on touring commitments. But I believe, continuing the Book of Feuds, Uncle Nick Pilata said, no Leroy on my watch. Right. So it's not just Vegas now. It's all of California that's been supporting these four teams going over there and the connections made. So we know that uh, Kid Leroy invited the whole South City team to come to his mansion, I'd imagine. And a documentary. Mar-a-Lago pre- on, 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 at, at Los Angeles. Yes, and a documentary premiere, something to look forward to. Okay. The team said they couldn't, but Cody Walker ha- somehow snuck out at night and spent a day there well, getting his photo taken. I mean, that controversy still rages on, doesn't it, between Demetrio and Burgess, whether Walker and Luttrell get the run of the joint, being yes. Heffron Park, right. uh, and maybe extends uh, all the way over to the United States of America. Right, so the Roosters were also in Los Angeles. I think they went to a couple of games, didn't they? Yeah, they've been a couple of basketball games. I think Clippers, Sacramento, a couple went along to see Los Angeles play Wemby Armour and the San Antonio Spurs. They went down to Venice Beach for some ice cream. Did they? They didn't find it as uh, unsecure as they've been led to believe. Is that one of the most disappointing experiences that an Australian can have? Going to Venice? I mean, you know, you go, maybe when Jim Morrison was floating around, maybe. Look, and these days, this is my understanding, you can't even hire a pair of roller skates. It's really low rent. Sad, isn't it? It's fallen apart, Right, okay. But Nick Politis didn't say there, did he? He Nick, by the way, that's what Donald Trump's platform will go be this year. I will return roller skates to Venice Beach, and that will make America great again. Custom made with his own logo on it, which (laughs) you've got to pay exorbitant fees for. Exactly. (laughs) I can see it now. (laughs) Give me a Uh, pair of Trumps. There's something very obscene about that, isn't there? Fire up. Explaining the Church of Rugby League. Chris, the Roosters, of course, were staying in Los Angeles, and I'm assuming they're staying where Nick Politis was staying, which is the Beverly Wilshire Hotel I've actually experienced, though not in the presidential suite, and it is very lovely. It's in a prime section uh, right on uh, Wilshire Boulevard, of course. You know, took you to the Beverly Wilshire, Stephen? Back in the day, it was the first time I travelled overseas, and I met my dad in L.A. He was living in San Francisco, and he said, we're staying at the Beverly Wilshire. Lovely. And the Brown Derby, I think, was across the road. We didn't go there. We we went to the restaurant downstairs in the front bar there. I swear. I saw George Benson walk through, I swear. 1980, classic time. Around midnight? Around midnight? Mm. What do you mean? Was it? It was earlier than that. Okay. You mean the, the album? Yes. Or the bar? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nick then took out the team and staff to a place called Avra, a Greek restaurant in honour of the Kithra connection. Uh, we looked it up. It, said, it translates to be, will have. 
I was going to say the Kithra connections tentacles split all around the world, but that's not a good term to use these days. But it's uh, it's good to go where you feel comfortable, Stephen. Yeah. And he had the players, the coaching staff, the hangers-on, and, of course, esteemed journalists like Michael Shamus right. from the Sydney Morning Herald and Bullfrog Richie, as we like to know. And did he stand up and say, I will have my way? <laughs> Having had dinner with Nick Politis, and in fact... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I've told this story before, but I was up there at the 2015 uh, preliminary final where, where the uh, Sean Kennedale double pump condemned uh, the Roosters to a loss. And we uh, were invited to Altura restaurant, I think, in Fortitude Valley next to a hotel that was called the Emporium that is now just called the Valley. And I was there the other night, Stephen, uh, to see the Swedish metal masters Catatonia. And I was very fondly remembering what it's like to have dinner with Nick Pilatus. You're ushered in. Yeah. You're sent down the opposite end of the table. Yeah. Right? Uh, Do you wave? No. No. You don't express a welcome. Curtsy? Yeah. You don't order. No. The food just arrives. <laughs> yeah. You have input as to what beverage you're consuming. That's it. Okay. And then at a predetermined point, Nick goes, oh, I've had enough, particularly in the wake of a loss. He stands. You all stand because that's the protocol. Mm. And then he leaves with honorage. And I go, do I pay money? Do I, can, I, can I at least say thank you? And none of that is allowed. Huh. So, but he has a, like a special area. Yep. And that's where the journos get to meet him for the one-on-ones, such as we've seen in the Astonisher today. Is this a social power play, Chris? Or is it just that he likes it? Like Frank Sinatra, I, I did it my way and you just follow me because I can afford it. And does that mean the team is subjected to the same control measures as you were. Yeah, I just think it's a lifestyle choice. And yeah. also, if you're Nick Politis, you need to be very cautious, Stephen, yes. because there are a lot of haters out there uh, and it's all done for security reasons. So the room was checked for bugs? <laughs> Some white noise no, no. was generated? It's not checked for bugs. It's swept, swept for, bugs. for bugs. Okay. <laughs> now, how did the Roosters get over there as opposed to the the rest of the other teams, the three teams, etc., including, I gather, the referees and the administrators and all the rest of it? Do you know, Chris? I believe the referees went by ship. <laughs> so, so they got a long the, time to get there. The day after the grand final, <laughs> yeah. on you go. Yeah. And they can work on their skills on the way over. And it's right. actually Klein and Adam G, Stephen. Yeah. They've got the two And they also had to work spots. on the ship as well, didn't they? <laughs> Pay <laughs> their way. Wouldn't it be great? I mean, they, they keep talking about no pads, no helmets, yeah. and which I think insults Americans saying that your NFL game is soft. It's right? soft, of course. Right. <laughs> but I think one thing that will be universal will be the dislike for the officials that the Americans will... <laughs> Buy into by about yeah. half time in the first of the double header. Look, this came up because in the uh, interview with Bullfrog Richie, uh, Politis, you know, talked about when State of Origin come back, how the draw works, all those sorts of things, yeah. and he spoke about his club's humility, and that's why opposition fans are jealous, right? Yes, because yes. the Roosters, he says, sorry, that didn't go down the throat very well. What was that? <laughs> the Roosters' humility, humility, and everyone else is jealous of their humility. Right. So here's his view, and I'll give you give you the answer to yeah, your question yeah. in a moment. It's been that way for fifty years. Yeah, it's never going to change. Being eastern suburbs, people, people are being special. People are always going to see it as as us being toffees. Yeah, and glamorous. See, that's a term I haven't heard since uh, the Irish were kicked out of. <laughs> <laughs> that, this article, this article is accompanied by a picture of Nick Pilatus. He doesn't look glamorous, but he is toffee coloured. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably going to be some jealousy from other yeah. fans. We're a high profile club with high profile people on board. Right. We've managed to pull off some good things over time. Signing Sonny Bill Williams, Cooper Cronk. He fails to mention Kyle Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> and, Thanks very much. But he talks about our success. But most yeah. importantly, yeah. he says we're humble. Now, to answer your question, yeah. how did the Roosters get over there? And before we go humble, I don't know how many times my, uh, my friends, I don't know why I still call them friends who support the Roosters, still mention 1975. 
You know, how humble is that? Well, 38 blot. Yeah. Uh, i got to say, I kind of remember that scoreline. I've actually got oh, it oh, oh, tattooed oh. inside my yeah. eyelids. Um, again, Bullfrog Richie's got a lot of scoops by being over there in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, this will answer your question about the Roosters. Sydney Roosters players will travel business class to Las Vegas but arrive in first class condition after being chosen yeah. to fly on Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner. Dreamliner. Right. That sounds like something that Elvis would fly in, doesn't it? <laughs> A Dreamliner. God, I hope I'm on the Dreamliner. What's on their Thursday. dream, Chris? Well, the, the Dreamliner offers revolutionary lower cabin altitude. Lower cabin altitude. Which I think just means it flies at a lower height. I don't know. I can't think of anything else yeah. altitude means. Less turbulence, yeah. new filtration, yeah. better humidity, yeah. and it guarantees less fatigue. Yeah. And personal massage. That sort of caper. That caper. Champagne. All, all, no. other, all other clubs are flying Fiji Airways via Nandi. Oh, God love Fiji Because <laughs> that's the political... Necessity, isn't it, Chris, to get our Pacific brothers and sisters online with the Australian dream? Well, the 18th, 19th, 20th franchises, exactly. which Uncle Nick talks about, and he'd like to go to Perth before Papua New Guinea, but we've got to have our role to hold back the Chinese Communist Party. Yes, the, but, the yellow peril, Chris, but, is that yeah, what it is? That's right. But, and nothing against Fiji Airways, a fine, fine, fine institution. Fine, yeah, yeah. But look at this. All other clubs flying Fiji, the Roosters were chosen to fly right. the United Airlines Dreamer by Have a Guess, Stephen. The NRL. Is that right? Yes. Right. Who but pays they're for humble. Yeah. Well, the NRL. Now, I, of course, it does. there's been a few spanners thrown in the works, if not other items, uh, with Papua New Guinea entering the competition recently. Apart from the fact that the place was nearly burnt down about a month ago, recently there was some tribal warfare. Well, I think up to 50 people died. Is that not correct, Chris? I've been to Moresby. It's, a, it's an interesting place. And you there. know what? They love their rugby league. Well, <laughs> look, if everyone is – look, if you're driving right now – Pull over. <laughs> because did, what, Chris? Did you know I did not that rugby league yeah. is Papua New Guinea's national sport? Well wow. I, I guess that's heartwarming, but what does that mean for people who want to survive over there? Well, th- it's an issue. Can you arrive and travel in safety, Chris? If you look at the Pacific of Bears, as we know Albos want to do because he wants to provide this bulwark against yeah. the incursion. And so does Nick. Chinese Communist Party, right? He wants to use the Bears to go over so to the Pacific of Bears playing a couple of games in North Sydney Oval in Bears colours, based in Cairns, but also playing home games in Port Moresby. Well Nick doesn't want that. A it's complicated. Well, but I tell you what, Peter Volandis, he's a can-do man, as we all know. Yep. He's come up with a solution as to how to get an 18th franchise into Papua New Guinea playing in Port Moresby. Right. And you know how, how that would work, Stephen? No, tell me. The players would have to pay no tax. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. i got to tell you, that's, that's a pretty that, good idea. That's attractive, yeah. yeah. Fair now, Who does he work that deal with? He... The coda was, yes, I accept that their families will be in mortal danger every day. Every day. Due to the political situation, Would but you, they'll pay no tax. Can you imagine the kid who's going to preschool every morning? <laughs> in armoured cars. <laughs> Look, and again, this is not a knock. This is only certain people within the Papua New Guinea community, Stephen. It's right. not. The, I mean, I've spent time there. They love their football. It's their national sport. It's just not that safe right now. No. But rugby league players are risk takers, Stephen. Yep. Though uh, I think uh, people like Nick Politis have kindly, <laughs> unkindly suggested the only players of interest are would be those who are 35 years old needing one more contract. Right. Now, we've gone through the fact that the Roosters are in LA, South Sydney. Were they in San Diego? Yes. Okay. Uh, we don't know where Brisbane went. Uh, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. So they're, in, they're all in the Los Angeles area, yeah. basically. Yes. I know San Diego is down the coast. And yeah. yes, we've been there and it's a very beautiful place, San Diego. I think they're staying at La Jolla, isn't it? 
The beach? Is that right? Yeah. 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 Is that well, not bad? I, I hope they're not staying at SeaWorld after all that difficulty with the... And there was also Manly, the most hated team in the competition, apparently. I don't think they are anymore. I think that that's a furphy. It's a myth. <laughs> but that's what they're selling. The most hated team who went straight to Vegas because they were going to roll up their sleeves and do the grunt work, the PR work that nobody else would do. And so there was uh, Seabold having a crack at that bloody Jason Demetrio for not doing the hard work that they were doing over there, correct? That's right. And Demetrio said he leaves some money at the bar for Anthony Seabold. And that was a joke. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we have seen Jason Saab on some uh, sports television uh, program, and that would be about the sum total of the promotion, I think, that the Sea Eagles have done this week. Well, look, yeah, I mean, kids, do your homework, you know. First thing they said is, what's a rabbit <laughs> And Jason, you could just see when oh shit, <laughs> you know what's a rabbit? He says, well, you know, it's a mascot. We've all got mascots like the sea eagle, and they have the rabbits. <laughs> yes, okay. What about the history of the term rabbit? What does that mean? You know, had no idea. Interestingly, no though, idea at all. When it, the news broke that Russell Crowe divested himself of the Rabbitohs and sold it to David Letterman and Billy Crystal, <laughs> which is a fact, Letterman spoke with some authority about the history of the Rabbitohs and yeah. selling the rabbits in the back lanes of Redfern. Does his research. Does his research. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. you want. Because you know that uh, rabbits were introduced, of course, by the colonisers. Mm. They're a pest, mm. you know, and they, they took across the land and ate up half the crops, you know. So it was considered vermin at the time. And, you know, the poor working class bastards in Waterloo and Redfern just went, well, what are we going to eat? We, we can't afford lamb. No. Uh, we can't afford oysters or champagne. We're not, we're not the roosters, <laughs> you know. Um, so what have we got? Rabbits. So there was a market for, for these, you know, scrawny old blokes going, rabbit-o, rabbit And they'd come running out of the house and say, what, how much? You know, half a shilling? No, too much. Have you eaten rabbits, Stephen? No, I have not. It's delicious. It's, it can't look like any animal, I suppose. It can be edible, can't it? I was in Malta. They love their rabbit in Malta. But, right. of course, there was that famous, I think it was in the 50s, because the... Uh, rabbit plague had um, become such an issue, the old boffins at CSIRO rolled up their sleeves and came up with myxomatosis, of course. Right. And that was distributed throughout the Australian outback <laughs> in uh, okay. uh, baits coloured yeah. red, white and blue. <laughs> I can see, uh, you know, pre-game entertainment, a whole documentary on the rabbit over the curse, you know, myxomatosis, introduced species, vermin, <laughs> poor buggers having to eat nothing, you know. Wouldn't that be good? Well, I think the Book of Feuds is too narrow. It just talks about rugby league and there's a broader yeah. issue here and going international. By the way, the promotion of the league was down to four individuals prior, Stephen, while we were off the air. And I, I call them the Nevada Four. And if you have a look at the stories they were able to bring to the table to the assembled press, like when they went to the Los Angeles Raiders, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders game. Yeah. Uh, you had, of course, Aaron Woods. Aaron Woods, right? And they go, Aaron must be uh, a great thrill to play for Manly Ringer, and he goes, I won't be on the, I won't be in the seventeen, I won't be playing. Um, you had Billy Walters, and you go, Billy, you know your father. It's a great story. And he goes, we lost the grand final. We were up by 16 points with about 10 minutes to go. So. Are you the PR merchant, today, Chris? <laughs> that was his story. Yes. And then we got to Spencer Lena. Well, Spencer, you're playing for the only um, franchise that arguably has been in every year of the competition since 1908. And he goes, I've never actually played for the oh, Sydney Roosters. Bloody hell. And Campbell Graham, we believe you play in the absolute peak of domestic rugby league in Australia, the competition that's known as State of Origin. He goes... Well, I've been in the 18, I've never actually got on the field and I've yeah. got a busted sternum yeah. and can't play for six months. And I think that's why ticket sales have been sluggish. Then. Chris, uh, good point. No doubt, good point. And, you know, you, they were hoping to send, uh, you know, Russell Crowe to represent South and, of course, uh, you know, the dancing man. Jackman. Uh, Jackman to go and talk manly up. And uh, who else we've got? Brisbane. Well, of course, Lockham Murdoch, which uh, has he done anything? I mean, look, has he done anything? <laughs> 
I'm going. Yeah. But what celebrities are going? I've seen very, very little. Well, you're assuming Kylie's going to turn up on her off weekend. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because uh, you two are playing The Sphere this weekend. Kylie's not in residency this weekend. Mm. It's the following weekend, presumably, because she'll be at the footy. Right. Uh, that also leaves, of course, uh, who else could possibly be turning up? To well, not Albo, because you realise that would be politically uh, insensitive right now. How? I mean, how cheap is Dutton? <laughs> hey, pick on Albo for going to the footy to represent the country. Huh? <laughs> is there a shot on that, is there, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, you're nailing your colours to the mast there, I think. Yes. Now, the big story, of course, to come out is, uh, uh, as Andrew Webster reported in the paper, he said, what trouble could they possibly get in in Vegas? Come on now, you know. Um, and we, we will talk about, I think, some of the atrocities that haven't occurred over summer. Uh, but can I just call a break, take a breath? We'll get back to Constable. Is he a constable or sergeant or detective? I, I reckon he's a retired ex-Marine. Kendall Hill, back in one moment. Season 2024 is going to start with a roar. It's going to set the world on fire. They spend a whole lot of money, take two games offshore to get rugby league's profile up higher. The well has been tried so many times before. It's always been a flop, but they want to try it once more. Because now they got a man to make it work for sure. Peter Valenis. Peter Valenis. In 1987, Origin Game 4 went to Long Beach, California. But only 12,000 Americans came and saw The pinnacle of league that day In 08 the Rabbits lost to Leeds in Jacksonville They lost the game but they lost much more money still To go back they need a strong heart and another steal That describes Peter Valenius Peter Valenius Peter Valenius 2200 million cashing He sure hopes it don't come crashing Cause he wants publicity Peter Valandis hoping Russell Crowe's rabbits Cannon Brooks' suspended habits Get the Yanks tuned in And they fall in love with rugby league All the clubs are lining up to try and get on the trip As long as someone else is paying Competition for the junkets running red, red hot Every journalist and commentator's praying That their boss sends them over there to cover the game But one thing that's missing, Pete, to entertain You're gonna need some music, so here I am Peter Valenis Peter Thank you, Dennis Carnahan. What a great take. Peter, just the word alone just rings great bells, doesn't it? Peter, a lot it of trust. Sh- it sure does. And he made yeah. reference to junkets. Well, I can confirm that Dennis Carnahan will be in Las Vegas. Courtesy of the ABC. Yeah. Um, wow. And I don't know, Stephen, again, if they need to take local audio technicians, why yeah. weren't they taking local DJs? That is that is a very good question, Chris. Why would they not be – well, they're taking the referees, aren't they? And they're taking the Stafford Brothers for halftime entertainment, but yeah. I don't really look at that as DJ. No, that's no, – Totally different, Chris. Totally, totally different. Uh, sound creation. Yeah, that's right. You know, an audio world, an experience. That's you, right. Full you, spectrum, Chris. If you were there in Allegiant Stadium, Stephen, it would be as immersive as the U2 concert in the Sphere. Well, they'd get an experience in Australian music coupled with some of the great American traditions as well. Yes. Things they probably hadn't even realised were going to be played there. Hands across the Pacific. Exactly. Uh, uh, let me tell you, the AUKUS 
treaty would be strengthened by your presence, Stephen, but it's not going to happen. Absolutely, not going to happen. Uh, look, I just... Re- Got a, we got a text from uh, Sean from Waterloo. He said, "Look, maybe to explain the Rabbitohs thing, uh, remind them of the Beverly Hillbillies that they used to. They came from a country where they used to eat possum, uh, and I'm assuming that was poor people food. Uh, possumo, possumo. That might they might go. Oh, I get it now. Like Rabbitohs, like poor people food, right?" Just a thought, Chris. I um, have uh, boxed out of the Beverly Hillbillies, which I occasionally dive into, Stephen. And <laughs> who knew that in season two, I discovered yeah. that Miss Hathaway, if you remember, who worked oh, for Melbourne Drysdale. Was she your favourite? Chief, really? Uh, <laughs> her assistant was played by a very young Sharon Tate. Is that right? That's right. Wow. Before it's a small world, sadness. isn't it, Chris? It is a small world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, uh, before Tarantino got his hands on the whole <laughs> story. Doggy. Jethro. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now, of course, they all converge this weekend. What, what are we on today? We're on uh, Tuesday, Sydney time. They converge for Saturday's game, uh, a double header, played on Sunday, uh, I think 1.15, 3.15. Sydney time, yes. Sydney time. Now, they come to town. Uh, they've been given a little bit of a call out from Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department Lieutenant <laughs> Kendall Hill, who told the players to avoid excessive alcohol, drugs, sex with mysterious unknown women. He's also warned them about leaving their drinks unattended so they're not spiked and avoid snorting illicit substances because they could contain the potent opioid fentanyl. Chris, wise advice. Well, first of all, how do you avoid snorting? It's just like you're, it's, it's in your pathway and you just suddenly sidestep? Is that, <laughs> so, yeah. so. Look out, here comes the fentanyl. Step aside, buddy. You know. <laughs> and friend of the show, Andrew Webster, has written about this in the Sydney Morning Herald today, Stephen, as we yeah. go to air. Yes. And he points out, as far as he knows, all those hazards a very much part of the Sydney lifestyle. Yes, and, and, and hasn't rugby league dealt with that for the last, yeah. I don't know how many decades? And, and he quite um, uh, accurately pointed out that Manly has been requested to stay off Tinder and he was wondering whether Grinder was included in the conversation. Chris, you know very well that there are no gays in the village. Well. You know very well that, so don't even try and bring that one up. Manly wanted to play with pride. Well, half the team did. Okay. Anyway, but there is one extra warning that does absolutely locate this uh, event in the United States that Kendall provided, isn't there, Stephen? Well, what's happening is he's he's given out, he's passed out his private phone, the bat phone, so to speak, the red the red phone, you know, the yes. emergency number. My number. A direct line to Kendall. Yep, and to, and he's warned them about one other thing, which is the fentanyl, Stephen. What is this, Chris? Fentanyl. Fentanyl? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, that's the drug Prince died from. I think Michael Jackson might have had a uh, not a great a relationship. Nudge, with you think so too? <laughs> and when when I replaced my knees, Stephen, they got they said you're on the fentanyl, and I refused to take it, Stephen, for exactly those reasons. After a couple of hits, and um, <laughs> and, and it gives you, uh, I, it just gave me bad dreams and a sick feeling in my stomach, Stephen. So it's not performance enhancing. No. No. Okay. No. So okay. So they've got all the players. We've got four teams, you know, four times whatever, and including in similar stuff with a with a direct line to uh, Lieutenant Hill uh, when the potential for danger occurs. Now, can you imagine what would happen? Would he give them a password so he knows who it is? Because he's probably given the phone out, the phone number out to a number of different sporting people as well in town. Yeah. Would there be a password, a code? Well, well, I think you'd phone in with a code because he's obviously got the player profiles, as he says, all the extortionists and mysterious women at 3am at night have your profile. And again, I hate to agree with Peter Fitzsimons, you know that, Stephen, but he says, I don't know, they're probably targeting Dallas billionaires rather than rugby league players. But anyway, um, he needs to be able to respond to the sensitivities of each club and each player. So you would ring in and go, 
Code Cardinal or Myrtle, and he goes right. It's Rabbit. Okay, right. So, okay. You know, no names needed. Yeah. What's your problem? And the guy and someone go and, and we're just we're drawing references here. You go. Look, I'm in a casino. I've got the urge to urinate under the table. What should I do, <laughs> Lieutenant Hill? Yeah. Uh, I've I've had a few Lieutenant Hill. Uh, I have a French shoe. Yeah. <laughs> and I really need to go. I've had a couple of coffees and bran muffins. <laughs> and man, it's it's and, and yummy. Yeah, these LA uh, Vegas hotels are cavernous. It's a long way where back did, to my where room. Where are the toilets here, mate? I can't find the <laughs> bloody toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, or, or I got locked out of my, my, my hotel room. I'm in the corridor, the stairwell to be to be precise. I'm naked <laughs> and I seem to have made a mess of myself. <laughs> Can you come and help me now, please? Yeah, hello. It's code red, white, and blue. I'm actually lying on the nature strip on the Vegas strip outside the police office. And I'm the drunken, most drunken human being ever. Please come and help. Or I just follow the rivers of grog from the, from the what's the beach house down the, the, house. Down the, down the Chloe Hotel. And I think, I think there's going to be a dog presented to me called Bella. What do I do? And, and there, there is a, a, a mysterious woman, and it's a yellow dress. And I, and I heard the name Bubble Butt. Yeah. That's all I got. Now, please help me. Please help me. Now, uh, and then, of course, um, we don't know where this one came from, but it just was a mount. Look, I'm outside. What's what's the casino with all the water jets, Chris, from Ocean's Eleven? I want to say Caesar's, Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Steven. Palace. I thought I could do a really good Todd Carney here. Right, no. What do you reckon? Well, Ca- camera work, angle. Can you come and hold the camera for me? This is why <laughs> Lieutenant Hill says... First of all, buddy system, like yeah. the deep sea diving, that will help. Because yes. two, two NRL players are less likely to get in trouble than one. <laughs> yes. right? like, that's mathematically yeah, proven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two mysterious young ladies have just appeared, <laughs> and right. we're, we're, we're a pair. Watch, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but Hold me back. But the Todd Carney, again, I think is a missed opportunity, Stephen, because we all saw the giant steed and revolving on the screen in New York. New York City, right? yes. Like, and, I mean, the New Yorkers would have just gone, what? Meh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like Vegas? Yeah. I don't even know where that is. Chris, did you know that in conjunction, the, every ball that gets kicked out, they can take him home? Is that right? And that's a novelty, apparently. Well, I'll be uh, – I'm, I'm quite close to the sideline, Stephen, so I'll be – You hoping, might get one. I hope there's a lot of penalties. Okie dokie. And, and uh, But what they could have done, and we you know, wanted to do this for Vivid with the Sydney Opera House – but turn the Caesars Palace fountain into a massive Todd Carney bubbler. Yes. Interactive experience. So more than one player. That, more than one stream. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What about this one? They're on the main strip. Don't even know what the street's called. Do you know, Chris? Because you might get lost. You might be one of these susceptible I want to go to Las Vegas Boulevard. Okay. How's that sound? And the, and the, and the, the locals are going, oh, rugby, rugby players. <laughs> rugby, rugby players. players. <laughs> he says, what are, you, what are one of your special you're tricks? A, you're an old black, right? Yeah, yeah. You're an old black. <laughs> yeah. he said, and they go, you heard of the hopper? <laughs> Have you heard of the... No, no. No, no. you know there were visa trouble. Yes. yes. And Reese Walsh and Brandon Smith in particular had visa trouble. And the Prime Minister, a big fan of rugby league as we know, Rabbits, Jets, et cetera, et cetera. Anthony Albanese. He greased the wheels, did he? Well, he was able to intervene and secure visas for both those gentlemen. And then then Manly Warringah said, look, it's for team morale. We want him in the rooms. Can you get John Hopawati on the plane, Prime Minister? He said, hey, look, I'm only the Prime Minister. I'm only the Prime Minister. And, And don't... You know, dirty my name over there. You're on my name there. Okay, so make sure you come back in one piece, and and everybody else in one piece. Well, th- th- in fact, that is, I mean, all the other stuff—the sex, the drugs, the snorting, and whatever—players yeah. blank that stuff because they've heard it a thousand times. Yeah, of course they do. Fentanyl got their attention because yes. they didn't know what it was. Like okay, Saab just... didn't know what a rabbit was. No, right. So they're all like looking at their phone. What the hell's this fentanyl? <laughs> is and gonna, where is, do I get is some? He chop up a rabbit on snort. Well, right. There's a heady mix. Yeah. Which is fentanyl and rabbit yeah. chopped together. It's yeah. like unbelievable. But then when they go, where the hill goes, 
you're doing it for Albanese. Yes. And despite what the polls yeah. are saying. Even though he can't go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. He's not here. Yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. doing it for Alba. Yeah, yeah. Now, w- one question was, are they taking all the mascots over? <laughs> I mean, have they got a horse on f- mid-flight now? Is the Bronco going over, Chris? I'm telling you, if they can source local DJs, they can source a local Bronco, local Bronco. to do yeah, the laps that'd, of, that'd be right. of, of the stadium. Yeah. But uh, again, um, to see the rooster yeah. on the Dreamliner, yeah. absolutely interactive. I yeah. hate to see poor old Reggie Rabbit up the yeah. back of Fiji Airways. Well, well, I'm thinking if it could be anybody, it could be a plant, Chris, it could be you, you know, not getting necessarily the players in trouble. But if you yelled out, burn Reggie, set Reggie alight, <laughs> like Danny the Dolphin. Lieutenant Hill, yeah. it's a code card he, of It's not a one-man job, Chris. No, no. Well, in fact, Lieutenant Hill, yeah. he's trying to understate it because he doesn't want to overtalk the situation. He has no idea. Despite, but he's got one of those old-style telephone exchanges, Stephen. Yes, yes. And every 10 minutes, he's got to plug this into here. He'll need a team, Stephen. I think I might be appropriated to work on the Hill Telephone Exchange come Saturday night in Las Vegas because it's the danger period. It's the red zone. So it's a little bit like uh, Elvis and James Brown were anointed by the president. To carry a gun and be a sheriff? Yes. It could be you. Yeah, I hope so. could be you. I absolutely hope so. Uh, do you want to talk, Chris, about the, the what a great off-season has been for – well, not for us so much. Well, before we do, Stephen, yes. we were just talking about the prospect of a, a Bronco having to circle Allegiant Stadium in the uh, unlikely event of a Broncos try against the Sydney Roosters. Yes. Because <laughs> they'll be still bearing the mental scars of the 2023 right, right, Grand right. Final, Stephen. And, and Reese Walsh has got to look out because they're, apparently they're sniffing around the agents. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for looking for someone to buy. Reese has got to look out for sniffing. Just full stop. He's, full stop. Yeah, yeah. That's, right, that's right. I tell you what, he'll, he'll do if he's like if he's lucky he's overseas as he is here. He'll just tell the constable, "Look, I'm done." Uh, fentanyl in this pocket. Take me away now. Dice rabbit in the other pocket. And don't ring the prime minister. Cuff me or give me a job in the NFL. But one thing that will be uh, easier on the uh, the Bronco is uh, that it's a smaller field. It's, oh, yeah. it's narrower. It's narrower. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of just reminds me of another very proud moment in Australian history. Oh, yeah. Now, Mr. Wilson, have you measured the 100 metres track? Yes, of course. Well, let me ask you, how long is it? How long is the 100 metres track? Yes. It's a 100 metres track. Yeah, I know what it is, Mr. Wilson. I'm asking you how long it is. It's about 100 metres. It's about 100 metres long. Yes. How long should it be, Mr. Wilson? That's about the length it should be. Yeah, about 100 metres long. Mm. <laughs> Funny stuff, Chris. Very funny stuff, Stephen. But uh, it, it'll be uh, difficult for the speedmeisters to get round the outside, Stephen. It should we might see some pretty dour football, and that won't play well because the Americans, I believe, would like to see a lot of action, a lot of tries, a lot of wingers, yes. you know, um, leaping, elasticizing themselves around yeah. the corner posts. Yes, which will just uh, be closer to each other. Uh, Dominic Young is he is he flying over there? He's not playing though. He's not playing. No, hurt. So they've lost a big one there, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, trial matches. Yeah. You've got to be careful. A bit of humility for the Roosters, is it? Yeah. Have <laughs> <Huh? laughs> they got Suwali? Suwali, he'll be there for sure. Oh, he's not left yet? No, no, not okay. yet. Okay, no. all right. He'll be spotted. He'll be bought. There is a max exodus going on, Stephen. I mean, the Roosters is such a wonderful culture that all these guys go to rugby union. It can't right. be that good. Chris, uh, we're talking of atrocities, and you know, of course, when when the the famed year, I think, what was the best year for most atrocities? Twenty nineteen, Stephen. We yep. refer to it as the golden year. The golden year. Uh, so far, uh, off season, 
I can't recall anything that would even match, given where the filtering system for atrocities in rugby league, because it is a pathway to the Hall of Shame, Chris, that we've designated. I haven't spotted one. Well, to give us our full title, Stephen, we are yeah. the trustees of the Atrocity Academy. Right. And all the NRL Atrocity Academy. It's been approved by Volandis and Abdo. Okay. Uh, the Hall of Shame, as we know, will be built uh, yeah. eventually when the funds are released, when they sell one of these hotels. Yes. Uh, maybe the McCure one down at Willamaloo, uh, uh, down at uh, Woolaware. But... Uh, uh, it'll be built at the foot of the Tibicotta Bridge. Yes, well, surely Nick Polias could fund that one. Yeah, you would think so. You'd I think, think so. It's important. But uh, while we are looking for nominees, yeah. uh, 24 yeah. incidents in 2019, the atrocity media was sitting at zero, Stephen. Did it blink? Did it, it move? Did it, it wiggle? It, it sort of quivered a little bit. Now, there was Mitch Kenny from the Penrith Panthers who oh, was yeah. certainly given permission. Oh, this is an online atrocity. Yeah. He, if um, you'd call it that. He instead uh, a, a reference to a couple of lines, Boxing Day lines have got me in a bit of trouble. So. Well, he's a thespian. That's right. He's yeah. community theatre. Community theatre. And so he pled his case. Uh, I was hacked. You look at blooper reels for actors. They all get caught out, Chris. Always. Any modern rugby league player who's summoned into the uh, chief executive's yeah. office yeah. walks in before they say a word, he goes, look, I was hacked, okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Kenny was allowed to go yeah. and play in the World Club Challenge. Mm-hmm. And then there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a Wouldn't scuffle. go brouhaha, would you? No, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't a malay. No, it wasn't. No. Two people. Yeah. Just a little bit of argy-bargy, perhaps, yes. between Pat Carrigan and yeah. Adam Reynolds. Yeah. Caught on I, film. I think Carrigan was said to him, look, uh, I've just been to see that film Napoleon. He was an angry little bastard, just like you. <laughs> you <know>? And Reynolds <laughs> said, I'll show you angry. Oh, I'll show you angry. Yeah. And I come from a land where we used to eat rabbits. <laughs> Cop that, yeah, you prick. <laughs> that doesn't really rate no, that. No, no, no. no. But, what, but you've got a beauty, though, haven't you? Well, <laughs> look, we do homework here at Fire Up, Stephen, and there are a couple of off-season atrocities, yes, yes. if I can share them with you now. Can you please? Coming in at third. Yeah. Uh, spotted running in nothing but a pair of trainers during... Third? <laughs> yeah, it's coming in third. Third. <laughs> <laughs> but a pair of trainers during game three of the 2013 Origin Series, Waddy Homewood. Yeah, because that was one of the magic moments for rugby league. <laughs> he was a big, fat-ass wombat, wasn't he? You know, And he decided to do the run of shame in nothing, nothing at all, at the state of origin, and he got away with it. He got away with it, and yeah. he was... Arrested last year and charged with entering a dwelling with intent... Hey, hang on, Chris, because when he did the State of Origin, he was also had to, he had to do the walk of shame home. That's right. Parramatta Road, That's I think, right. all the way from That's Homebush. Right. And he goes, how good is this? It's they give his clothes back? Good circulation. No, no. Yeah. They, they were, they were, they've been impounded for yeah. inclusion in the Hall of Shame. Does he service. know there are nudist beaches in Sydney? <laughs> well, he's looking for them. He's got to get his kick somewhere. So tell me what he did. Uh, uh, entering a dwelling with intent and aggravated circumstances, two counts of intentionally... Sorry, intentionally or recklessly destroying oh, property. Gee, that's a worry, isn't it? He dis- alleged to have destroyed a deadlock and door <laughs> at a Department of Community and Justice property. I think he was trying to get into that secure facility we've got there yeah. to get his clothes his back. His old clothes back. And his old runners. That's where we're keeping all like Schlossy's yeah, yeah. shoe. Because you're assuming that he, before he jumped the fence, he put them all down on the ground. Nobody bothered taking them back to the police station that's for right. him, did they? Yeah. The audio of Freddie Fittler's call. That's all in that <laughs> secure box. And then he went on to break a window and enter a home in East Lakes. And guess what, Stephen? He was wearing nothing but hair. <laughs> Pair of trainers. What were the shoes? This is a big selling point. I'm Dunlops. Having, I'm having a look at the photo. Yeah. I, I I think they could be Asics, but I'm not sure. Wow, wow. Some exhibitions just can't help themselves, can they? Mm. Now he doesn't break in with nothing. What about the glass, Chris? What about the bolt cutters? Yeah. Like, what, carrying those with him was he? Well, <laughs> what did he change on site? He does it all carefully. Let's just, <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, number two. Yeah. Okay. The Daily M winner, Caelan Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. The man who single-handedly ho- holding up Newcastle, correct? Correct. Yep. 
has become the first NRL player to appear on the ABC children's program, Play School. Well, that surprises me, Chris. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great talent. We know that a lot of them have often wanted to stretch their wings, theatrically speaking, and he's the first. Well, Thurston did Bluey, of course, did an episode of Bluey. Yeah. And uh, this article from Christian Nicolucci referenced the fact that South players Tom Burgess, Damian Cook and Alex Johnson oh, yes. appeared on stage with the Wiggles before Christmas. But not play school. But no, not no. since 1966. Not the has the ABC, the lefty loonies of the ABC opened <laughs> it up to the working class game yeah. that is rugby league. Yeah. So Ponga took his place on the couch with Big Ted, yeah. Little Ted okay. and Maurice okay. during a story time segment and read, get this, yeah. The speedy sloth. Okay, that's that's well, that's in, that does your head in, doesn't it, Chris? Sloths are very slow moving. Well, and obviously this is the juxtaposition of here is a sloth that is quick. Yeah. Now, Kalen was in a little bit of trouble with he and Kurt Mann at a Newcastle pub while he was injured a while ago. Yeah. Seen uh, being asked to leave a cubicle by a security official. Was he quick or was he slow? No, he was assisting a mate who was unwell ah, from yeah, right. consumption of alcohol because right. he was obviously in rehab, wouldn't have been drinking. And I don't think that the speedy sloth is a reference at all to that incident. That's oh, simply what I want to say. I see. I didn't even read that sort of right. uh, level of crime into it that he was hated being a sloth, hated being slow. So he'd had a few lines yes. in the vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of lines of in play school. Speed. A couple of lines in play school got me in some trouble. And uh, he asked Big Ted and Little Ted at the end of the story, did, yeah. uh, did they enjoy the book and whether they enjoyed running in races a la speedy sloth? Yes, yes. Or maybe you like playing rugby league like yeah. me. So, sorry, you're, I haven't watched uh, Play School for a while, so you're not referring to Big and Little Ted like Big and Little Wayne. No, no, they are two, like separate, uh, two separate. Two separate bears. Uh, but, of course, <laughs> they got upset with the reference about um, maybe you like playing rugby league like me because Big Ted and Little said, well, we'd like to, but North Sydney got kicked out of the comp. <laughs> <laughs> and then They're the, forever hopeful. And, and this is the best bit of the story, Stephen. Play School director Hattie Archibald said... As far as Kalen, he was absolutely fantastic. Yes. It was only when we introduced him to Jemima that he got a bit starstruck. Did he? Mm. Oh, that's cute, isn't it? But, I mean, I think it's... They're an, human after all, Chris. Yeah, I think it's an atrocity to have rugby league and play school yeah. on the same Let's screen. hope they're not too human in Las Vegas, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Last one. Well, this is this is definitely the gold medal standard, Steve. Yes, of course. And we talk about off-season atrocities. Again, if, if there are any young children listening, um, I suggest that you ask them to leave the room. Opponent, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Gone. Gone. Opponents of the Corumban Eagles under 15s rugby league team had uh, better look out in 2024. Is the Gold Coast again? Yes. Yeah. Their new coach has been unveiled oh, as yeah. NRL legend Cameron Smith. So Cameron Smith. He gets the little under 15 year olds around in a group, right? First time he meets them all. Okay, the reason he's there, yeah. the whole family's moved to the Gold Coast. Sweet. To, to, well, you know, he loved Melbourne. He yeah. played his entire career in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. There's no way he's going to live there. No, he's more at home in the Gold Coast. That's right. There's and more sin on the Gold Coast than anywhere in the world, Chris. And he signed up um, his son Jasper. Yeah. Jasper Smith. Yeah, poor old Jasper. Got to play for the Jasper. Eagles. Yes. The A-grade team is coached by former Storm's great Matt Guyer, a brother of MG. Oh, yes, yes. And then... He's pretty evil, though, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. Or is he? No, he's okay. No, post-99. No, he was. No, he, he was okay. Yeah. And then um, the president, Corumban Eagles president, Clint Isomunga said, or Isomunga, <laughs> the Eagles have been struggling for a couple of years, but hopefully with Cam on board, it will give them some confidence yeah. and a good skills base. Yeah, look, I'm sure there'll be plenty of selfies. Skills, skills you want to talk here, Chris, don't you? What would he bring, what would Cameron Smith bring to the Corumban Eagles uh, as a coach? Okay, and email goes out to all the under-15 kiddies. Yeah. Right, training. Yeah. 
Uh, Saturday morning, first yeah. of the season. Yeah. Be there, 8.30. They yeah. arrive at the park. We've been losing, Cameron. Yeah, yeah there's a WWE wrestling ring set up. Yes, okay. <laughs> Get in there. Right. Have they got masks on? <laughs> you know I, all about that stuff. Well, do they wrestle lucha style up in the Gold Coast? That's probably quite likely. So every yeah. kid is handed a lucha mask in right. their own um, stylized colours yeah. and identity. Okay. And in they go. And what would happen with Cameron Smith there? Well, he'd bring, he'd bring his team in, right? Because he was on the start of all this nonsense. And, and I'm sure that Craig Bellamy is probably... On, giving instructions somewhere through his, into his earpiece. Uh, I reckon the first thing on the agenda would be the chicken wing. Okay, boys, the chicken wing. This is where you grab the arm while it's going down attack and you wrench it all out so it nearly comes out of its socket until he screams with agony. But don't let the ref see it, all right? Uh, Number two? He'll go, he'll go Jasper yeah. and um, oh, I think Walter. You come over here. Yes. And he goes, let me demonstrate and I want you to imitate... And he grabs Walter yeah. and he did what he did to Bailey Simonson with the ears. That's the wing nut. The wing nut. Yeah. So he keeps twisting. And, and it's not like a Chinese burn. Yeah. We don't say that anymore. Yeah. But you still twist the ears to bugger you. And, right? they, and they're going, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, we're wearing masks. We can't get the ears. He goes, that's what I want you to do. I want you to grab those stitches and un, you know, undo all, it. All those oh, my God. Uh, the rolling pin would come into the play. The rolling pin. Yes, okay. What about the prowler, Chris? The prowler. <laughs> Where was that invented? That's right. Well, the, the, the roosters were credited with it, but I think it was a Melbourne invention. They well, all are. Yeah, they just sucked them all up, didn't they? Like the praying sort of, of course. The prank. Where, where you take the kid, bend it back like the Harbour Bridge. That's right, yeah. The drumstick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never ending, Stephen. And finally, I know there's one thing that really does turn um, cameras with green, with envy. Uh, Jerry Milanimal was the St George player, and we were forever on the losing side of Melbourne versus St George Illawarra. Until Lattimore went up and did the squirrel grip, Chris. You know the famous squirrel. It's a rugby league legend. Marty Bella. Straight in. Underneath, Wheels. grab, and just keep turning at least Gal. 180 degrees until, until they screw with pain, right? Can you imagine the parents come up and yeah. pick the kids up at the position? Yeah, yeah. They're absolutely brudagal. They go, what is that? What happened? And what happened? Just, we're just learning how to play footy, Dad and Mum. <laughs> <laughs> and they come up with smiles on their faces, right. right? Even though one of them has to accept the school, we've been practice or training. But that's the one thing that, that was done to Cameron Smith that he, I'm sure he's taken that and folded it into the system. Uh, this is some sort of Faustian contract that Karuman's got themselves involved with, Chris. Well, he says that you know, at the end of each each uh, training session, he reads them a chapter from the Faustian story. Yep. Uh, they have homework. Yep. Uh, it's called Lessons in Diplomacy. Yeah. And it's a picture book. Uh, sorry, an audio book with Cameron Smith, How to Speak to Referees. Right. Right. And that would be something they have to live in subliminally as they go to bed. <laughs> and the other thing that's really noticeable for the parents, because there's no actually rugby league involved in being coached by Smith or being no, trained by no, Smith. No, no, no. That just happens because of all the other things that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the difficult thing is for the parents is they're generally charged... Most under 15 kiddies won't wash their own gear, right? Yeah. So there's mum or dad with, you know, the soap powder and the and the, the laundry machine and all that sort of thing, washing machine going on. And they're going, Why, what's going I cannot get this. What is that smell? It's like yeah, sulfur. Yeah. You I can't, mean, it's, can't, can't get it out, Chris. It's crazy. No, it's, no, no it's, it's septic, really. And and to think that we have a game yeah. that has allowed itself yeah. to forget 2019. Yeah. If the game that is allowing obliterate everything else. Cameron Smith yeah. to coach. So you're saying that all the tourists that, that head up the coast by car, not plane, car, when they go through Karam, they've got to wind their windows up? Well, <laughs> is that what you're or yeah. if they're thinking, you know, more broadly, yeah. it's always the Karumban Bird Sanctuary yeah, yeah. and then go see the Eagles train. But will they survive the sulphur? <laughs> 
I can just, Do birds survive sulfur crystals? I, I, I can imagine that Smith would take the kids after training and lock them in the bird sanctuary yeah, yeah. and say, survive overnight, kids, and there'll be cassowaries and God knows what going at them. Yeah. Just, you know, it's a trusty... Well, I, I, I gather that he didn't get a permit to travel to Las Vegas, Cameron Smith. Not allowed? No, no. 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 Banned. <laughs> Banned from all air travel. Uh, but, Chris, can I just take you offside, off... off, off into another area, and I know you're very patriotic. Patriotic Aussie, you are going to Las Vegas. You, you, have you got a, a like an Australian flag uh, oh. to carry over your shoulder? I, I, I'm leaving after Underpants. this. Uh, after I leave here, Stephen, I'm going to get my Southern yeah. Cross two tattoo. Oh, I'd imagine though that you would have felt robbed when Penrith were beaten by Wigan on the weekend. Well, the Super Club Challenge or whatever it's called. Well, I don't know if the, if the feeling is robbed, Stephen, but uh, I have a theory. What, what was your take on it? Well, where was the riff? The ref from? I asked you first up, Chris. Tell me. Wigan. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. He was a hometown rev. Now, I only saw the highlights and I went, what the hell? Come on now. You're kidding, aren't you? And they were jumping around. I think it was a hometown celebration probably set up. Yeah, give yeah. him something. Give him something. I mean, Ivan said, you know, and I, you know, there's no bigger fan of Ivan Cleary than me. I know. Uh, Ivan said, look, you know, I'd rather have come here to win, but I wouldn't rather be anywhere else because I'm promoting the great game of rugby league. He's that type of guy, Stephen. Where's Brian Toto? He said... <laughs> Lying is a sin. Lying is a sin. Yeah, when he heard that the guy said he got it over. He didn't get it over. <laughs> have you been watching Undisputed, Sid? No, I have not. So Puff Beef on nine now. You can't help yourself, can you? No, episode three You're drops this. You're a man this, with an addiction. Drops this week <laughs> and it, it goes through the Penrith Panthers attempting to three-peat. Yeah. So their first year's campaign when they won in 2021, where they ran on the theme Everest. Right. I get that. Yeah, get that. Right? Climbing the mountain. Yeah. Season two, Top Gun. No, I'm not so sure about it. And when that. they got the top of the mountain, was there a quickie mark, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and were there blokes sailing down on dead blokes? <laughs> top Gun. I can't quite see the analogy. I mean, yeah. someone died in that movie. I, I don't really see how yeah. it quite plays. It was all a redemption film, really, wasn't it? Yeah, but the third theme, which they went into the 2023 season, Stephen, having again, as our producer Mash pointed out, lost the World Club Challenge to St. Helens. Yes. The theme was Undisputed. And the theme that they're channeling here in the documentary, and I do recommend it to you, Stephen, is they look at the history of the NRL and uh, Penrith the first to go back in, to back in the NRL or NRL era since the Broncos did it. Right. All right, 92, 93. And then you have to go further back to find a three-peat pre-NRL, Stephen, and that's the paradigm that they hold out. And that, of course, is the Parramatta Eels, 81, 82 and 83. Yes. And they go, if we can yeah. three-peat in the NRL era... That's better than Parramatta repeating in the non-NRL era. And, like co- and still co- I agree. Yeah. And then they go, that makes us the best team ever in the history That's of rugby not, league. That's ridiculous, Chris. And, and there is one establishing shot of St. George running around with the 11th Premiership that's on the screen for about two seconds because that's what it is, Stephen. Two it's seconds. History. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing... Chris, in- Chris, what you just said is history. <laughs> Literally, that's how time works. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, two things are interesting in episode one. I've watched both episodes. There's yeah. not much to uh, recommend it. Um, you see that Nathan likes to chill a lot. Oh, this is where I chill out. Right. You know, I watch these movies here. We chill out. But... Uh, Moses Leota talking about their uh, first round of the playoffs win up at Penrith Park, Bluebet Stadium against the Warriors, said uh, he got a bit of uh, How's Your Father from um, James Fisher-Harris. Right. She got me fired up. Got me fired up. And he said, it got me a bit red. He goes, I play a bit better when I'm a bit red. Right. Now, Chris, uh, I've got one last comment. Do you, going to Vegas week, have the phone number for Lieutenant Hill? Okay. One last comment I'd like to play Mm. is, I told you I'm a fan of Ivan Cleary, Stephen. And I just want you to listen here to the clarity and the originality of the coach of what is now the greatest rugby league team in history. Here we go, boys. We get the ball first, all right? 
accurate, intense, simple. Simple, we just get to our kick, off we go. We take the, the, the easiest kick, all right, Nato Cogs. We set the rhythm, set the rhythm of the game. We're trying to beat them between the ears as much as anything else, okay? Like, you gotta feel that. Just play one play at a time, boys. Done it all year. One day at a time, all right? One session at a time, one game at a time. One play at a time, all right? Play every play. Keep busy, all right? Don't think, just do, all right? When in doubt, and accelerate. Play footy, boys. It's the best day of your life out there, boys. All right? It's the best day of your life. It's not gonna go perfectly, but I tell you what, it's gonna go good. If we accelerate and play together and connected, we will win way more than we lose today. That'll be enough. All right, you'll only fail, boys. You'll only fail if you don't accelerate. All right, that's the only way you can fail today, boys. Everyone got that? So go and enjoy yourselves, but do it together, and that's everyone's responsibility. You got it? Yo. Enjoy, boys. Comments? Pedestrian. Pedestrian. Okay, Chris. Uh, now, Lieutenant Hill, um, look, look at it this way, Stephen. I expect, through my extensive network, to be connected. Yes. And to- Do you expect to get into trouble, though? Uh, I expect we'll be firing up on Saturday Night Vegas like you wouldn't believe. We can't wait for next week. Let's hit the song. It ain't no good getting low down when you're looking to get thrown in a can. Like driving 90 mile an hour, getting speeding tickets from the man. But I'm just mad about this girl. But she's gone and I'm mad at the world. I just laid a patch of rubber down the road about a quarter mile long Cause I'm all fired up, I'm all fired up and lonesome I got a chip on my shoulder, I'm acting just a little too tough I've been revving up the motor and tonight I'm gonna strut my stuff Yeah, I've been roaring like a lion And I'm tired of all this crying being kicked around like a little whoop butt Because I'm all fired up I'm all fired up and lonesome I'm fired up and lonesome and I'm on the spree That woman ain't gonna get the best of me If you're gonna hang around then I'm gonna warn you No telling what a lonesome fool can do I'm getting all dressed up but I got no place to go but I know a thing or two about riding down a long, lonesome road. Well, I'm just doing the best I can. And I'm trying to take my legging like a man. But I'm tired of always feeling like I'm gonna be her sitting duck. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Get that woman off my mind 
I'm just mad as I can be And I'm mad at what she done to me I'll burn a hole in my pocket with a roll of my last two bucks Because I'm all fired up, I'm all fired up and lonesome Yeah, I'm getting all fired My wild oats Gonna take me a little sightseeing trip Chris, that song, Junior Brown, would have been played if I was there in Las Vegas. And no every, doubt. No, that would, forget your notepads, no helmets. Imagine the press that would get. Forget your Russell Crowe promo yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song. Stafford Brothers, forget it. That statement, exactly. Yeah. That would sell... Rugby league the Americans the would American have stood people. up and saluted. They would have, yeah. absolutely. And look, and you know, I would have paid for Junior Brown to come and perform it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, Stephen, talking about promotion, I've got to do one little shout out for uh, Emma Domini, who's a huge fan of the show. Yeah. She, of course, involved in some arcane sport called tag rugby. <laughs> and the Irish Exiles are in the business. Uh, they've been to the Tag World Cup. They're looking for sponsors. That's fast, Chris. So get on to play at irisexiles.com.au if you want to help out there. She's a great fan of the show. And Can you watch it anywhere? Yes, it'll be all over this great town and we'll, we'll, stay, we'll keep tabs okay. on the Exiles. And talking of comebacks, Stephen, yeah. uh, I stop by people in the street all the time. Yeah. And they go, so you're still doing Fire Up? I go, yeah, we are. We're a podcast. Troy, we've come back, Chris. This is our 20th year. Wow. We started on FBI in 2004. We'll do something about that. Okay. Um, arguably, last year was our 20th year, but anyway. Um, but Entering into a new era. Remember the Roosters did that? They celebrated their centenary yeah. in 2007. You're accusing me of the same thing? No, I'm not. Because <laughs> um, you've got humility, Stephen. <laughs> and I believe it. And that's why people love me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, people stop me all the time and they go, Chris... Tell Stephen, I don't really like rugby league. Yeah. I love Fire Up, but I used to love it more yeah. when Redfern Pat was on the show, right? Oh, is that what we've come to? Have a listen as we head out and I head to the great city of yeah. Las Vegas. He knows what a rabbit is. To the return of Redfern Pat's Media Watch. See ya. <laughs> like a maggot of a chop. I've been covering football for four decades and I do not understand it. I'm Redfern Pat, this is Media Watch, where we'll break down all the biggest stories in rugby league. It might be all about the Swifties in Sydney where they've taken over, but still all about rugby league. That song? Is that Jessica Malboy? No, it's oh. a great song. Is that a Taylor Swift song? That's a great song. She's got That's some talent. A Swift song. Someone's filmed Taylor Swift in a restaurant last night. Speaking of which, my last question, are you a Swifty? Now, not too many people watch the trial, so here's a full wrap of what happened. Yeah, he's a player. He is. Hit the fields last year and everyone was going, wow, like there, there is, this is a player. Souths, they would want to be next to school. He, he, he's obviously a footballer. Yeah. I want points now, won't they, Bossy? Well, yes, certainly. And they go, oh, there's a tackle. He's a player, Matt Timikov. We also had the World Club Challenge over in Wigan, and here's a breakdown of what happened there. Yeah, the height of the kick was delicious. The media landscape is changing with more player-driven content and especially more player podcasts, giving more insight than ever before. 
what's one plus one? Yeah. We've been told it's two. And it's always two, Can't right? Deep, no. Is one plus one always two? No, not if you minus it. And to finish, this is Matt Burton from Josh Mansell's Let's Trot podcast. Do you believe the world is flat? I don't, I don't know, hey. Yeah, I believe it is. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You believe the world's flat? Yeah. You're such well, a like it's round. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's obviously flat because if it was, I don't know. So- <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. Uh, uh- I'm going to be honest, I thought it was going to be a little more. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!